Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 894. Still thinking of the people of Ukraine under the onslaught there and just mentioning briefly among the many great ways to help is through the International Rescue Committee there at rescue.org. A little bird flu update. Not much to report. It seems like there isn't too much going on differently with regard to bird flu. Just one case still so far of humans here in the U.S. And uh, birding organizations like Cornell Lab and others still saying it's okay to feed birds in your backyard. The bird flu not really in any significant way, apparently, affecting any backyard songbirds. Well, we have a postcard here, another one from out there in Southern California, where our friend Haley Perez is doing some good work there for an endangered California bird. Let's hear that report from Haley. Hi, everyone. This is Haley again from San Diego. I'm currently at Mission Bay at a protected California least turn nesting site. I am volunteering with the San Diego Audubon Turn Watchers program. So we come in two-hour shifts and sit in a blind and keep an eye on the nesting site and monitor for predators. If we see like a gull or a great blue heron or a hawk um, coming down into the nesting area, we call wildlife services and they will come and relocate the predator away from the nesting site. So it's very nice and relaxing out here. Not too much happening so far, which is good for the turns got quite a few killdeer, house finches, horned larks, and then of course the terns. Hope everyone's having a great day. Happy birding. Nice work out there, Haley. Thank you for sending that uh, audio postcard. We'd love to get those cards. If you'd like to send us one, just send it to yours truly. Send it to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. If you need some advice on how to make one of those audio postcards, uh, Uh, Let us know, and we'll kind of walk you through it there. It was our own Freya McGregor that started this whole audio postcard thing with her many trips around looking at birds. We just saw this NBC News story the other day in which the first line reads, Where's Freya? That's what we're always saying. The story continues. That's the question of the summer in Norway. Turns out this is a different Freya. This is a young female walrus that has shot to stardom by traveling the country's coastline, feeding in local harbors, and crushing small boats. Apparently this this, um, this um, walrus has been climbing, climbing onto boats and, and uh, sinking them or damaging them. Well, not surprising, these walrus, apparently this one weighs, they think, about 1,300 pounds. Where's our Freya? Uh, Freya? Not sure. She's hard to keep up with, but we know she was at that Black Belt Birding Festival 
earlier this weekend. That's a wonderful annual event sponsored by Alabama Audubon. And speaking of Alabama, we have a new proud plurter to welcome. Plurting, that's picking up litter while birding, and proud plurters get a patch that we send to them, a special badge indicating their proud plurting activities. And we want to thank Anne-Marie True from Birmingham, Alabama. And she says, one of my favorite hobbies besides birding is paddleboarding. There's always trash along the shore and fishing line wrapped in the trees. Paddle plurting? I also encourage my neighbors to be on the lookout for fishing line around the pond near our home. Not only does it put birds and other wildlife in danger, I have witnessed dogs and their humans, me, getting tangled up and tripping. What a mess. We've got to do our part. Well said, Anne-Marie, and she also says, I'll be listening on Sunday while recuperating from a long day of birding at the Black Belt Birding Festival. I hope you had a chance to meet Freya down there. Maybe you did. More about plurting and how to become a proud plurter. Let us send you a proud plurter badge. Just send an email to Ray at TalkingBirds.com, Ray at TalkingBirds.com. And we'd love to recruit more proud plurters, or as the great Tom Lehrer once said, More, more, I'm still not satisfied. All right. Extra, extra, read all about it. All right, some things on our Facebook page and on our TalkingBirds.com website uh, this week. Wood storks have been spotted in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, for only the second time in modern history. We'll connect you to the story there from LancasterOnline.com. We have another rare bird thing, too, later in the show if we get time for that. Uh, What else do we have going on there? Birding on the Appalachian Trail. We have the link to a great story about one man's birding adventure along that famous route that extends from Maine all the way to Georgia. And from the Audubon Action Center, a plea to help stop the environmentally destructive Pebble Mine Project in Alaska's Bristol Bay. And thanks to our friend Siva Gopal Narayanan for alerting us to this important story. Thank you, Siva. Those are all on our website, and a scroll down on our Facebook page will reveal a cartoon that will bring a smile to electric vehicle owners and would-be electric vehicle owners everywhere on our Facebook page and at TalkingBirds.com. <laughs> that would be our mystery bird. This is a, I say this is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later on in our show. By the way, if you're not hearing our show live and would like to, so that you could, for example, enter our mystery bird contest, pretty easy to do. Just go to TalkingBirds.com. Click the Listen button. You can see how to listen live wherever you are online. And our live broadcast, by the way, is on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. So our mystery bird inhabits marshes and ponds from Canada to Chile, using its long toes to walk atop floating vegetation. It's a dark charcoal gray with a white flank stripe, a triangular red bill and red forehead, and a white stripe on the sides of the tail. Our bird feeds on seeds of grasses and a few snails. 
and was known by a different name until 2011 and is closely related to moorhen species in the Old World. By the way, our, our postcard, our audio postcard last week from Cecilia down in southeast Florida mentioned this bird in her sightings there on that card last week. We have a beautiful prize combo this morning for our mystery bird contest featuring good reading and some delicious coffee. It's a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of the largest selection or one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. And a 12-ounce bag of our favorite coffee, Birds and Beans. Delicious coffee and the way it's shade-grown under the natural forest canopy provides vital habitat for wintering and resident birds in the neo tropics. Kind of a beautiful prize combo there. And our bonus question prize, if we have time for that this morning, we'll uh, offer a $20 certificate for Wisdom Supply. The folks who make those plastic-free books and notepads, journals, and other supplies for classroom and office. That's all in association with the Mystery Bird Contest coming along a little bit later on on this morning's show. We have what we might call the conservation greenwashing story of the week. Here's a headline from the folks at EcoWatch. Sprite ditches green bottle in favor of, quote, greener option. Environmentalists call the move greenwashing. Well, greenwashing, sometimes called green sheen, for those who aren't familiar with it, is essentially marketing spin in which companies proclaim that their products and policies are environmentally friendly when they aren't really. Coca-Cola says the reason for the switch in that bottle from green to clear is to increase recyclability of the soda bottles. That part is true, but critics point out that it's not so much the color of the bottle that's the problem. It's the fact that the bottles are still single-use plastic. According to the environmental protection group Greenpeace, The Coca-Cola company, which makes Sprite, produced 125 billion single-use plastic bottles just last year. Since at least 70% of plastic bottles are not recycled, that would indicate that every year something like 87 billion Coca-Cola product bottles wind up in landfills and in our lakes, ponds, playgrounds, rivers, and oceans. It's kind of hard to imagine how changing the color of Sprite bottles from green to white is uh, much more than green sheen. On a much brighter note, we like to welcome some new Talking Birds ambassadors are newly being saluted here this morning. Turns out that the two ambassadors we're about to salute are also Proud plurters picking up some of those uh, Sprite bottles while they're out there birding. And thank you to uh, a wonderful proud plurter who was a guest on our show not too long ago telling her, uh, telling us about her plurting uh, expeditions. That's Joy Rochester from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She was with us on show number 883 on May 15th. So this is our official welcome to Joy. She says, I hope to share cards at plurting events and local community gatherings. And Steve Jones from LaRue, Ohio, um, 
Steve is also a proud flirter as well as now an ambassador, and he's a wonderful photographer, too. Uh, his website is sjlarue.com, S-J-L-A-R-U-E, sjlarue.com. You can find him on Facebook as well, S.J. LaRue Photography. Steve, thanks for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Steve also had sent us an audio postcard back in June, so thank you for that. And now here's another Talking Birds ambassador kind of explaining um, why he became one. Where is our talking? Here he is. I'm Dennis Schoenfelder, and I'm calling from Center, Colorado. I had to become a Talking Birds ambassador because I want other people to know about the show. If you're listening to Talking Birds, you need to become a Talking Birds ambassador and get all your friends to become Talking Birds ambassadors so you can get the word out. It's a great show to represent birds. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Still to come on our show today, we'll pay a visit to the Talking Birds Science Corner, where our Debbie Bleacher awaits, and we'll learn something about how heat waves affect birds. Plus, we'll meet up with Mike. That's Mike O'Connor from the famous Bird Watchers General Store in the Let's Ask Mike segment, almost live from the archive, about an unusual sighting he made while looking at birds. And it wasn't a bird. And up next, the heat... Uh, made us a little silly, perhaps, when we produced the featured Feathered Friends segment we're about to hear, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. So, you are cuckoo. No, I'm not cuckoo. I'm a cuckoo. You're not cuckoo? No, I'm not cuckoo. You're a non-cuckoo-cuckoo. What? You're a cuckoo, but you're not cuckoo. So you're a non-cuckoo cuckoo. I think you're making me cuckoo. So I'm making you a non-cuckoo cuckoo cuckoo. Look, I'm not just a cuckoo. I'm a black-billed cuckoo. Oh, now we're making progress. You're not only a cuckoo. Correct. You're a non-cuckoo black-billed cuckoo, but I'm making you a non-cuckoo black-billed cuckoo cuckoo. Doctor? Yes? I think you're cuckoo. Well, our featured feathered friend today is not kooky. Just a little spooky, maybe. The black-billed cuckoo is a slender, long-tailed bird, longer and thinner than, say, a robin, colored in soft browns and grays, with whitish underparts, a red eye ring, and, of course, a black bill. The black-billed cuckoo is a secretive bird who's heard more often than seen. In breeding season, spent in much of the U.S. and Canada, it often calls through the night when it's not munching on caterpillars, or other large insects, and some fruits and seeds. Some people say that black-billed cuckoos and their cousins, the yellow-billed, call more often just before it starts raining, earning them the nickname rain crows. They're also known as occasional brood parasites, though not on the scale of brown-headed cowbirds, sometimes laying eggs in the nests of other bird species. Here's the sound of the black-billed cuckoo. The black-billed cuckoo, our featured feathered friend, here on Talking Birds. Welcome again to our show, number 894. It's hot where we are and probably where you are. Not good for birds, and we'll find out more about that as we visit the Talking Birds Science Corner with our own Debbie Bleacher. 
Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Ray. I think we've noticed a lot of the world is experiencing unusual heat right now. And we hear there's new research into the effects of heat on bird populations. Can you tell me more about that? I would be glad to. We've known for a while now that birds are less likely to expend energy to sing when it's really hot out. And that means that they're less likely to attract mates, right? Mm -hmm. We also know that some birds nest earlier during heat waves, and that means that their chicks might hatch before good food sources are available. Now, new research shows that heat interferes with reproduction in other ways, too. Other ways? Yeah. Researchers at the University of Tennessee exposed zebra finches to what they called a heat challenge for four hours at a time, just like the birds might experience on a summer afternoon in their native Australia. Mm-hmm. Then they measured gene activity in the testes of male birds, as well as the part of the brain that regulates singing. They discovered that the testes produce fewer sperm when exposed to this kind of heat, and that, as expected, the birds didn't sing much. Hmm. They did find that birds that panted or did other things to dissipate the heat tended to have more energy to sing. So it's possible that birds with strategies like this might survive rising temperatures better than birds that don't. And they might even have chicks that use the same strategies. You can read the abstract of the study online in the May 14th issue of Molecular Ecology. May 14th, Molecular Ecology. Yes. Okay. Well, how about some things we can do to help birds during a heat wave? Well, as Mike O'Connor reminded us a couple weeks ago, some obvious things we can do are to move our bird feeders to shaded areas, mm-hmm. provide quiet, covered places for birds to rest, mm-hmm. and even put ice in our bird baths. Mm-hmm. But something many of us might not have thought of is to make sure our nest boxes are properly vented. Yeah, and choosing the right materials might help, right? Yeah. The Southwest Virginia Wildlife Center of Roanoke recommends that we use only nest boxes made of wood rather than metal or plastic because wood stays cooler. And they recommend that we should drill four holes in the bottom to help air circulate better inside. Uh Uh-huh. Where I live, you can only buy wood nest boxes, but I haven't seen any with holes in them, so I guess I'd better go find our drill. All right. Uh, Good luck with that. Top quality advice and information there. Thank you, Debbie. Oh, you're welcome, Ray. Anytime. That's our Debbie Bleacher in the Talking Birds Science Corner. I bet it's hot in there. Welcome again to our show number 894. And up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. That's our mystery bird. What is it? Give us a call and uh, tell us or take a guess. No correct answer means a drawing. 
determines our winner. And the most important thing is to call before the show is over. That helps a lot, so call us as soon as you can at this number, 781-837-4900. I'll give that number again in a moment. Our bird inhabits marshes and ponds from Canada to Chile, using its long toes to walk atop floating vegetation. It's a dark charcoal gray with a white flank stripe, a triangular red bill and red forehead, and a white stripe on the sides of the tail. Our bird, which feeds on seeds of grasses and a few snails, was known by a different name until 2011 and is closely related to moorhen species in the Old World. What is that mystery bird? We have some beautiful prizes here, including a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a 12-ounce bag of our favorite coffee, Birds and Beans, shade-grown coffee. That's bird-friendly coffee because the way it's grown under the natural forest canopy actually provides bird habitat. Unlike those sun-grown coffees that are kind of wiping out bird habitat, that's the thing. That's the Birds and Beans coffee, one of our two prizes here, and we may have a bonus prize if there's time from our friends at Wisdom Supply. So give us a call. Tell us what you think that mystery bird is, or give us your definitive answer either way at 781 837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, almost live from the archive, it's Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all, along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for, in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in Iceland, land of fire and ice, or go beyond the beaches in the DR. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more, guaranteed. We seem to have a little bit of an oceanic uh, flair going today in a couple of respects, and uh, we're about to have another one here because Mike O'Connor has a most unusual sighting kind of in that regard, and he is here to tell us about it right now. Good morning, Mike. That you, sweet corn? That's me. You like? Oh, I know I shouldn't. That was I know that was a mistake. I should. I, that was definitely a mistake. But uh, that might have been the best thing you said all day. Right there. <laughs> well, you have you have something swimming in uh, in a salt pond right by your house there on Cape Cod. I guess you thought maybe it was a cormorant. Yeah. At first, oh my God. But uh, yeah. No. 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 It was right. You know. And I, you know. I know I'm supposed to talk about birds. And and what's nice about birds is we get up early. And we look for birds, but we also are lucky enough since we get up and out a lot, we get to see other cool stuff, including, you know, a morning sunrise or maybe a meadow of flowers or maybe a den of fox pups that no one's scared yet in the day. So we get to see some cool things. And where I live, I have a little back deck, and from there I can see part of this saltwater mill pond. And the other night, it looked like a foggy night, and I was watching some osprey fish. And then I saw something swimming, and I thought, well, this pond sometimes has loons, but it's too early in the season for loons. So I thought, oh, maybe it's a cormorant. 
But to be sure, um, you know, I tried to take a picture of it. And when I saw the picture, it was a dolphin, a dolphin swimming in there. I lived here a long oh, time, wow. and I've never seen anything close to that. I've never mm. even seen dolphins before, mm. except, you know, Flipper on TV and the Miami Dolphins. So I thought, this is really cool. So I, I went down the next day, and I got some pictures, and I assumed that they were, because I hear the whale watch people talking about Atlantic white-sided dolphins. I'm, I'm telling everybody, hey, Atlantic white-sided dolphins. But to know more about what I was talking about, since I don't know much about dolphins, I called the folks at IFAW, IFAW, the International Fund for Animal Welfare. Right. And they're the people you see, you know, some of your, you know, mid-country folks that aren't familiar with these people because they deal with marine mammals, but they're the people you see on the news that are always helping the stranded whales or the stranded dolphins or putting things back in the water, and they get these bright red coats. And I called them, and I expected to get a recording of some kind of nothing volunteer. But this people were super nice. They explained what it was. It wasn't an Atlantic white-sided dolphin. It was a common dolphin, which is a species I wasn't familiar with. And they figured it had fallen because the salt pond leads to Nosset Marsh, or the big ecosystem, and then out to the Atlantic Ocean. And perhaps it came in on a high tide or was maybe following a food source. Or maybe I thought maybe they were just self-quarantining to get away from uh, <laughs> COVID. Or maybe, but, but it turns out it's a pair. It's two. It's a mother and a calf. Wow. And, and she's nursing. And it's, it's quite a sight. And these people, the hardworking volunteers, I guess, are just, they're keeping an eye on it. But they say so far the, the creature is fine and the baby's fine. They're trying to encourage it to go back out with the pod out in the ocean. But right now everything's fine. Hmm. But it's really interesting. But the, the point that... that he wanted to insist in, you know, it's summertime, and these saltwater areas are busy. People need to stay away. They can watch it. They can kayak and blah, blah, blah. But all these creatures are stressed a little bit, and they have to stay a, a fair distance. I think the, the legal limit is 150 feet, but probably better than that would be yeah. even better. A little farther away than that. So yeah. there you go. Bird watching. Yeah. see some cool stuff sometimes and besides that, birds. And the International Fund for Animal Welfare, right? they're right on the Cape, I believe. They, they are. Headquartered on the Cape, and they're so nice, but that's how people are down there. They're really nice. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you, Mike. We'll talk to you later, sweet corn. All right. <laughs> talk to you next week. Birdwatching Magazine has a new membership program. Benefits include detailed bird ID articles from Ken Kaufman and David Sibley, tips and stories about bird photography, access to quarterly e-workshops on identifying and photographing birds, and complimentary print and digital subscriptions to Birdwatching Magazine. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com slash memberships. Well, thanks to Mike O'Connor for that uh, Let's Ask Mike report. That was an archived edition with a reference to sweet corn, which was... Uh, a nickname, a childhood nickname of yours truly. That's why that was uh, in there. We're back to the mystery bird contest there. <laughs> Trying to identify this bird right here. 781-837-4900 uh, would be the number. As we described, this uh, bird as being uh, seen from Canada to Chile. And that our friend Cecilia uh, included this in her audio postcard from southeast Florida last week. So we have a call from Florida right now, and it's Brandon down there somewhere. Good morning, Brandon. Hey, good morning, Ray. Good How morning. you doing? I'm uh, doing well. Whereabouts in Florida, if you care to share? 
Uh, we're in Lakeland. As a matter of fact, I can take you to this bird at Lake Mirror in downtown Lakeland where they still have a breeding nest with oh. eggs on it and with babies. Wow. Do you provide transportation or uh, we have to provide that on our own if we come down there? If you can make it to Lakeland yeah. Linden Airport, I'll be happy to pick you up. All right. What was the name of that lake again? Uh, lake Mirror. Lake Mirror. M-I-R-R-O-R. Oh, yes. All right. So uh, the mystery bird, uh, what, do you, what do you say, Brandon? I believe it would be the common gallinule, formerly known as the common moorhen. Yes, I believe that too. I think we mo- we couldn't both be wrong, right? I think so. Yeah, right. Yes, formerly known as the the common moorhen. I just read this. I didn't know this before. That um, th- th- we had the Hawatson, that strange bird from South America, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so uh, this bird has something in common with the Hawatson: uh, newly hatched common gallinule chicks have spurs on their wings that help climb, help them climb into the nest or grab emergent yeah, vegetation. Those. So you already knew that, but I, I didn't, yeah. so there you go. And that's why that's you're crazy. the winner of our contest. Uh, <laughs> we don't have time for a bonus question, but maybe next time. But thank you, uh, thank you, Brandon. Stay on the line. We'll get your info. All right. <laughs> Thanks for calling. That's Brandon down there in Lakeland, Florida, correctly identifying the common gallinule as our mystery bird, and we are plum- out of time. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. The bird show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.